Ian Thorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Dante Kamenici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen it. So in over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt spreading ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record, 9.68. The wind is okay. Hello everybody and welcome once again to Off The Podium, episode 8 of the Rio 2016 Olympic Podcast Review Show here for day 6 of the Rio 2016 Olympics. What a day it has been. Excitement galore, there were medals, there were losses, there was golf. We're so excited, we're going to talk about it for the next hour or so on this now officially endorsed and advertised podcast on the ABC. We'll get to that potentially. My name is Ben, it's exciting to be here, so excited that I could go and play a game of golf with this man on the episode with me right now, Mr. Jared Lubeck. Jared, welcome back to Off the Podium. It's great to be back. Uh, day six was a great day. I'm glad we've started some some new sports, maybe not um, golf, but um, it was great to see the badminton starting. <laughs> Oh, so many uh, excitement-filled moments today, particularly in in the badminton and golf, but one of them actually I'm being serious about that actually was fun to watch, but... um it was it was a very interesting day today, it has to be said, um, and sadly, you're only hearing Australians again, and this is like the worst day I think we've had in order that we've only got Australians, because Colin, not able to make it again today, and it was a golden day for Canada, literally, they've won their first gold medal of these Olympic Games, and uh, he was excited, he was tweeting us. Um, in an event that we apparently had so much guaranteed to win that I think we had already reserved a spot in the Olympic Museum for, you know, the Campbell sisters. Uh, and since then, the Australian media has gone on to, gone on to town on them, basically ripping them a new one because they didn't get a medal. But Canada's got a gold. We didn't. Um, where's Colin? Jared, this isn't good enough. Yeah, I mean, I went out for a bushwalk today because this was a sure thing. We had it. I was like, I don't need to be there. Um, I can watch the replay. That's in the bag. Um, and then, lo and behold, we don't win it. And then, even more of a shock, Canada does. I mean, yesterday we were talking about um, Penny being the flag bearer for the closing ceremony. I think, I mean, that's done and dusted now, surely. Oh, she's she's the opening ceremony flag bearer for Tokyo. That's that's a lock already. Um, I can tell you that right now as well. I think I think she's guaranteed to be flag bearer for Canada for like the next. 15, 20 years. I mean, she's only 16. You know, look at Michael Phelps. So, you know, this is a lock, Jack. Just, just write it down right now. Let's let's go to a Wikipedia page and change it. Mm-hmm. Flag bearer for Flynn Flynn 2028. <laughs> yes. Final. No, she's lighting the cauldron at the Flynn Flynn 2028. Just exactly. <laughs> lock that in. Uh, well, we will start with Canada, actually. I mean, they only won one medal, but it was the main medal that they needed to win. One gold. Penny Alexiak um, in the 100-meter freestyle, an event that Australia had locked in to win, and we didn't even get a medal. She dead-heated with American Simone Manuel, and um, it was a shock. I mean, the facial reactions from both of them were amazing, even when they actually 
actually showed Penny because they were so focused on Simone, <laughs> the shocked expression on her face. And poor old Basil Zemplis, I don't know if you went back and watched the race, Jared. He didn't even realise that it was a dead heat. I'm looking at the little graphics popping up on the pools. I've seen number one next to Penny Alexiak. I've seen, a, I think, an Olympic record next to Simone Manuel. And I'm going, hang on a minute, who's won? Oh, wait, it's a dead heat. Um, and apparently it is the first time in Olympic history... There's been a dead heat occurred with people from different nations. So it's the first ever time they've had to play two national anthems for a gold medal. Uh, but, I mean, what a, what a way to get their first gold. Penny Alexiak, 16 years old. Not only is it Canada's first gold, her first gold, it's her fourth medal of the Olympics. She is the first Canadian to win four medals in one Summer Olympics. I mean, that Ian Thorpe does that when he sleeps. But this is a big deal for Canada. Yeah, I mean, th- there's parties going on all over Canada at the moment, surely. <laughs> um, considering we didn't win this, we'll find some way to claim Penny as Australian. I'm sure <laughs> down the line she's visited Australia or she saw a koala on Facebook or something. Um, we'll be clutching at straws, but we'll claim it somehow because we thought we had this medal in the bag. No, the, the, she's Australian because she's been talked about on an Australian Olympics podcast by two Australians. There you go. That's the link. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Outside of this, in terms of just winning these medals, I've I've been reading a little bit about old little Penny. She apparently is the very first Olympian born after January 1st, 2000 to win an individual Olympic medal. So she is the first person born in the 2000s to be an individual Olympic gold medalist. That's that's a record that she can always have and no one will ever take that away from her. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, If she needed another record, I mean... She's got enough, but, um, yeah, I mean, that's a good one because, yeah, as you said, that can't be taken away from her. I'm I'm really hoping Colin's listening to this because the the records just keep coming from everywhere. I mean, this is, again, we're usually talking about how great Australia is, but she's also the second most medals by a Canadian at a single Olympics, both winter and summer, uh, after Cindy Klassen, the uh, long track speed skater, she uh, claimed a large amount of five medals. I'm here seeing at 2006 Torino Winter Olympics. So if Penny grabs, say, she grabs a medal in the four by one, the medley relay, or she might be back. I don't know how many more events she's got to go. Uh, clearly, my research has done that well, but. Um, Amazing, amazing to see this. Four medals by a Canadian in one Olympics. And the great thing is, we'll talk about the the medal ceremony, the fact that they had to play two national anthems. Again, I don't know if you managed to see it. It was one of the most awkward medal ceremonies I've ever seen because you've got Simone, she's so excited, she's won a gold medal. Penny, I think she just looked shocked. I don't think she knew what she was doing up there because she just didn't know. Simone's gone up to Penny on the gold medal dais and given her a hug. Penny's hugged her back. And then there's uh, the Swedish swimmer, uh, Solstrom in third, who's kind of just gone up like, oh, can I have a hug too? And she's like jumped up onto the gold medal spot just to give them a hug. Uh, it was quite funny, but... Um, you know, America and Canada together in harmony, winning a gold medal. I mean, good on them. Fantastic. Uh, and uh, Look, you know, I tweeted out. I, I honestly, I think at the end of the, the race, kind of didn't care that we didn't win a medal in it because I was so happy that Canada won a gold medal. I, I don't know if maybe this podcast has put you on the Canadian bandwagon a little bit, Jared. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if we're not winning golds, if it, it better be Canada. I mean... The dead heat with America, I mean, that, that kind of soured it a little bit. But for Canada to, 
Canada to get a gold. If it's not Australia, then you've got to support the Canadians. Absolutely. And uh, Sarah Solstrom, uh, the Swede, I think I got her name pronounced right for the first time in this entire podcast. Uh, she got a bronze. So she's gotten a gold, a silver, and a bronze at these Olympics. So she's gotten the whole set. Um, but for Australia, we didn't go medalless on day six. And this is one thing I want to talk about in this episode. It's Australian media and our reactions to, I guess, our success or non-success. I just watched the news again before recording this episode and the lead of the Olympics today was not the fact that we came home with two silvers and a bronze it was the Campbell sisters lost the 100 metres oh and by the way we also won three medals so (laughs) it was more of a big news story that Kate and Bronte Campbell didn't win a medal than the fact that we got two silvers and a bronze and our two silvers we're catching up on the silvers Jared I think you've started something here um we, we got a silver in the men's quad skulls, in the rowing, Carsten Forseling, Alexander Belongoff, Cameron Goldstone, and James McRae. Great result from them. They lost to the Germans, and I'm, I'm happy to lose a medal to the Germans. I like Germany, so that's good. Um, and we got a silver in the swimming in the 200 backstroke, one half of the backstroke bonkers, Mitch Larkin. Uh, he got himself a silver medal, and he was pretty happy with that, so that was good. Um, and a bronze medal to our girl Jess Fox in the women's slalom K1, adding to her silver from London. And, I mean, I, I want to talk about, obviously, the media reactions to our medals and also, I think, the uh, athlete reactions to their medals because I, I definitely feel that Jess Fox, so humble in defeat. I mean, she was in the lead um, and she would have won the silver had it not been for a last-minute penalty that uh, they went to review, found out she touched, I think it was gate 22, coming down the course. And uh, had they not given her that two-second penalty, she would have been a silver medalist again. Sadly, by getting the bronze, the, the worrying sign is that we actually gave New Zealand another silver medal. Um, but we'll talk to, <laughs> talk about them today because they had a bit of success, sadly. But, um, you know, we're happy with our silver and bronzes. I, I think, you know, stuff the Campbell sisters. They choked. I want to celebrate our rowing silver, swimming silver, and our canoeing bronze. Come on. Yeah, it's a shame that um, Jessica Fox and um, the rowers and Mitch Larkin kind of got overlooked because of the Campbell sisters. I think um, it's understandable in a way just because there was so much hype around them. I mean, they're on every second ad, which kind of got frustrating after a while. Um I mean, congratulations, you train together every day. That makes sense, your sisters. Um, but, yeah, I think we do need to kind of um, get behind the athletes who are winning silver and bronze. I mean, it, that's it's no easy feat. And um, I'm just glad that, um, yeah, they were so humble in defeat, um, that they were happy, like, with their results. It's the Olympics. Nothing's kind of a sure thing, even though we, we make a big deal about it and, and pretend like it is. Um, but these are, like, the best athletes in the world, so anything could happen on the day, and, and to get on the podium, whatever the position, is is a big achievement. Exactly right, and I definitely want to touch on some of the reactions from the athletes, but just, I mean, the media just... We're, we're here, I guess, recording this. Technically, we're part of the media at one point, and blah, 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 but it's just... It's even the, the commentators. I mean, I like Basil. I like Gian. They, they seem like good people. For the most part, they're good commentators. But you can even tell in the commentary afterwards, you know, we've seen a historic moment. We're seeing a dead heat in swimming between, you know, two athletes from different countries. You know, we've got a 16-year-old Canadian. I mean, Simone's 18. Like, you know, this is two swimmers that are, what, 34 in combined age. That's only three years older than Michael Phelps, shall we point out. I mean, that's pretty amazing there and it's a historic fact the fact that we've got a dead heat i think they mentioned it's only the third time in olympic history that we've had a dead heat in swimming for a gold medal so here it is this historic moment 
and they've got to heavily focus on the fact that the Campbell sisters choked. I think at the end of the day, if we don't, as you kind of mentioned, like we don't hype it up as much. Like they are literally on every single ad. Like they're still showing them that Swiss multivitamins. I'm Kate and Bronte Campbell. Look at us. We're so good. Well, obviously, the Swiss multivitamins don't work because you don't win medals. Um, whatever Penny and Simone are taking, advertise them. But, um, you know, it's it's just so fascinating the way that they do it. Even I was watching the news story on Jess Fox winning the, the bronze, and as I said, like, she, you know, cruel little moment there where she lost out on the silver, but... After the race, she's so, I mean, she's so smiley, she's so happy, she's come out and she said, well, I've just won my second Olympic medal, this is fantastic, she's like, I've got a bronze to add to my silver, she's like, well, you know what colour I have to win in Tokyo now to get the complete set, like, so optimistic, so happy, um, you know, I, what, what can we do with the media, Jared? What, what do we need to do, just stop over-hyping athletes, pretend this is the Winter Olympics, and be happy the fact that we're just there? Yeah, I think that's, that's probably the way to go, um... Yeah, it's just uh, you can just tell how much of an effect it has on the athletes too, which is which annoys me as well. To have that much pressure placed on you, you're already placing that pressure on yourself, um, just as an individual athlete, and then representing your country. There's another layer of pressure, but then the pressure that comes from the media as well. Like it's understandable why these people kind of choke because there's so much attention on them, and obviously throughout the entire race, they're probably thinking, "Well, everybody thinks I'm going to win gold. I've got to do that." Um, so, it's, yeah, it's just about lowering those expectations a little bit, I think. It was amazing, actually. I was watching a clip on YouTube last night of, was it like a review bit of the Sydney Olympics, and they had this interview with Ian Thorpe where he was obviously talking about the amount of pressure that was heaped onto him going into those games. And he said, well, look, you know, you can look at it two ways. If you take it negatively, it's going to affect you and you're going to, you know, choke. But if you take that pressure as positive, then you've got a whole country behind you and that's only going to spur you on faster. So maybe the Campbell sisters need to have a bit of a chat with Ian Thorpe about this or something. I don't know. Mm, that could be an idea. But one thing, like the reactions of... of of the athletes when it comes to certain things. You've got, you know, varying ones. I mean, I, I was watching the interview afterwards. They're, they're talking to Kate Campbell, and uh, I've written this down. She said, I've always said I don't need a gold medal to have self-worth, and that's being put to the test at the moment. So <laughs> I think that's a very humble way of saying I'm bloody shitted off right now. Um, and then her next quote, which I thought was a bit strange, she said, she was talking to her mum, hope this doesn't change the way you feel about me. Please still love me back. Um, just imagine her mum up in the stands. You're done. You didn't win the gold. Get out. Like, yeah. You let Bronte beat you. What are you thinking? <laughs> you were the golden child, not Bronte. <laughs> She wasn't even meant to be in swimming. Um, I had to laugh, though, actually, at the medal ceremony, too. The fact that they uh, had two Aussies. I had James Tompkins there. He'd already presented medals to our uh, rowers early in the day. And uh, I forget the name of the other Australian. But that obviously, I don't know if they do this deliberately. They're like, oh, yep, we'll get some Australians to present medals of this one because clearly they're going to win a medal in this. And it's, like, awkward. Uh, there's no Australians on the podium, guys. Like, do they need to go quickly go find a Canadian in the building? Like, oh... You with a Canadian flag in the crowd, come and present a medal to your, your swimmer. Yeah, get some winter Olympic athlete out there who's won gold to present it. <laughs> yes. Wayne Gretzky flying in. I think it's interesting, though, like, with the reactions. Like, I, I mean, as I said with with uh, Jess, like, her reactions, I, I thought it was great. Uh, Cam McAvoy, obviously we talked a little bit about him yesterday. You know, he... I guess, didn't live up to expectations in the 100 metres. I mean, it doesn't matter. We still had a gold medal in that. He didn't make the 50 metres uh, final, but they interviewed him after that. 
poolside uh, reporter, you know, oh, Cam, you must be disappointed. You know, obviously you didn't make the final. He just turned around and he said, he's like, what's to be disappointed about? I'm in the Olympics. I'm in multiple events. You know, I'm, I'm happy that I'm even here. Like, that's, that's the sort of reaction you want. Like, he's speaking the truth. He's in the Olympics. It's great. And on the other side of that, Emily Seabom, who has really not had a very good meet, she did not make the uh, final of the 200 metres backstroke, even though she's a reigning world champion. And after the race, like she would rather be anywhere, she would rather be in New Zealand than being interviewed right now because she's like the grumpiest person, and she's just literally gone, "Oh, I've had a bad meet. Oh, this was expected," and she just like walks off. So like. Well, I mean, I get you're disappointed, you're competitive beast, but again, I'll take the Cam McAvoy approach over the uh, Emily Seabom approach. Yeah, I think it depends um, in part how many Olympics they've been to and obviously what their personal goals and expectations were coming into it. And I think also Australia having such uh, depth in swing- swimming, I mean, there's extra pressure there, um, knowing that that's where most of our goals are going to come from. Um, which is why probably in other sports it's a little bit less... Um, there's just more joy, I think, to be there in other sports because it's not all about winning the gold. It's about competing to the best of your ability, and if you win gold, that's kind of a bonus. This is why sometimes the first week of the Olympics is a bit tedious for Australia, I feel, because it's swimming, 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 and then when we don't do well, it's, whole oh, review, why did we do bad? Like, you know, think back to London four years ago and all the, what, the Equinox sleeping till pills drama and James Magnuson banging on doors in the middle of the night. Like, it was more about, oh, this is why we sucked. You know, I mean, yeah, okay, we only won one gold and a bunch of silvers and bronzes, but again, at the end of the day... You look at Canada, they would have easily <laughs> taken that amount of medals, you know, like happily done that. Um, and we'll have to put up with that, no doubt, for the second week because I don't know how many uh, athletes in the athletics we'll have going for us. But, um, you know, sometimes it's good that the swimming comes to a close as much as we love swimming in Australia. And obviously, I guess, too, when we start off so well, two gold and one the first night, I thought this is going to be the best thing ever. And generally, if you're a follower of the Olympics, uh, and have been for quite some time, you know, we're not America. We're not China. We don't win like three gold medals every day. We might win two in one day, but for the most part, we might go a couple of days without a gold. So I, I mean, I personally, as an Olympics fan, don't know how you feel, Jared. Like, yeah, you're a bit disappointed, but again, we still won some medals today. Yeah, I think that's the main thing. And it's not even about Australia winning medals. It's just about watching exciting exactly. events. Like, I'd ra- obviously, I'd rather an Australian win, but if it's a good race, it's close. I mean, we've got that dead heat. I mean, what more do you do you want in a race, really? Um, I, for one, I'm just kind of ready for the swimming to be over to move on to something else because I think then kind of this attitude will, will move away. There's probably not as much pressure on our other athletes, and then we can just sort of give them the space that they need to just go out there and perform to the best of their ability. We'll talk about that soon, I feel, in terms of just watching and all this sort of stuff when it comes to Fiji winning the rugby. I mean, we talked about that last night, but, like, we'll get to that soon. That was that was incredible. Speaking of exciting events, Jared, um, Aussie results for you today. Let's start with the badminton. Um, now, um, we, I want to, we, we take a bit of credit for one half of our, uh, men's doubles team. So one, Sarah Singy. Now we, we sent him a fan message. Was he the first or second one we sent one out to? I think he might've been the first, wasn't he? The very first. He yep. was the very first person on off the podium. We sent a fan message to, we told him to go and hit that shuttlecock. You hit it well. So on. You do so well. You've messaged our group or tweeted us out and like he's on TV right now. 
And, um, you know, he's there with his teammate, Matthew Cho, and they, they put it up. They were up against the Korean top seeds and Yong Dae Lee and Yong Sung Yoo. Um, they lost, but they, they definitely fought hard uh, against them. And uh, we tweeted out to Sawan during the match, literally probably within five minutes of him losing the match, he favorited my tweet. I had to look at the. I'm like, flicked on TV. I'm like, aren't you playing right now? So I'm like, how are you tweeting? Um, but the match was over, but he's gotten onto his phone. He probably does his, I reckon, after every bat, like, maybe one day somebody will tweet me and wish me luck. And it happened. That fan message spurred them on, Jared. I'm claiming us as helping them do well against the world number ones. Yeah, I think we can definitely take at least six or seven points um, from that match to our credit. Yeah, it was a good match. Um, I thought it was exciting to watch. It was nice to see a new sport. Um, and as you said, up against the world number ones, like, they didn't have it easy. I mean, they were close sets. Um and it was just exciting to watch, and and it was good. Um, there was this was completely opposite. There wasn't any pressure on them to win, and you could just sit back and watch it, and just cheer on the points that they played well. Exactly, exactly. And uh, I, I like watching badminton. It's always quite exciting. They're not out of it yet. They've still got a couple more opponents to take on in the group stage. They've got a Chinese Taipei pairing and a Russian pairing. So uh, hopefully we can just hope that the Russian pairing don't take their pills that morning and we might be able to beat them. I don't know how um, good the Chinese Taipei pair are. They could be good, they could be bad. We'll find out. Um, it wasn't just them, though, in action in badminton. We had our mixed doubles pair of Leanne Chu and Robin Middleton. They sadly lost to Indonesia. And uh, in the women's singles, we had Swan Chen, who was beaten. Now, I'm just doing a bit of Ford announcing right now. This lady is already in my Athlete of the Day category just because of her name. Her first name is Porn Tip. Uh, Porn Tip Buran Aprasaturok of Thailand. Um, so, if you want some tips or some porn, go to Porn Tip. Um, sounds like a website in itself. Um, but she, uh, she beat our Aussie, uh, singles hope, Swan Chen, uh, 21-14, 21-15. So, uh, there you go. Uh, in the basketball, this was a great result. I don't know if you saw any of this one. The Opals, they were trailing Japan 71-59 to at three-quarter time. Bounce back to win 92 to 86 remain undefeated our aussie opals doing quite well jared yeah it's a joy to watch them in basketball and that comeback was great um credit to liz cambridge there i think she scored close to 20 points uh, in that final quarter uh, and it was just impressive to to come back and, and not give up and keep fighting all the way to the end i believe they've meddled at every single olympic women's basketball has been in so uh keeping that on track the opals um cycling the track started uh today and um sadly our men's sprint team uh didn't medal they they placed uh fourth they lost to the french uh, <laughs> and finished in fourth. And again, what makes that worse is I think New Zealand got silver in that event, so not good. And I see, that's that's where we should be concentrating on, Jared. Who cares about the Campbell sisters? It's when you lose to New Zealand and France. That deserves negative press. Mm, I mean, cycling was a big talking point after London, and, and it probably will be where New Zealand and also Great Britain pick up the majority of their medals. Um, so, yeah, it should be an area that we're focusing on. Our two biggest rivals... Um, 
whatever the sport. It could have been table tennis. If Great Britain and New Zealand were good at it, that's what we should be focusing on to prevent them from getting any medals. Exactly, exactly. Now, uh, we did have um, our team pursuit, both men and women, uh, both qualified, though, through to the medal rounds, particularly our women's team pursuit team, which, uh, of course, I should have really mentioned this, has two Tasmanians on that team, Amy Cure and Melissa Hoskins. Um, They obviously had that crash in training that you mentioned, Jared, yesterday, but they've bounced back through to the medal rounds. They'll take on the US uh, tomorrow, and if they win that, they go through to the gold medal race. If they lose, obviously, they go off the bronze. And the men's team pursuit, also in medal contention, they also were in third. They will face Denmark for a spot in the gold medal race. And when I think of powerhouse cycling nations, I think of Denmark. So um, (laughs) you better look out there. Uh, Princess Mary, I think, taught them a lot uh, there, Jared. Um, Yeah. Yeah, uh, look out for those cycling Danes. Um, equestrian, your favourite, sadly, uh, team dressage. This is, this is the Birdo effect. Birdo lets you down. The whole equestrian team just choked. Ninth in the team dressage, uh, Mary Hannah, Sue Hearn, and the pairing of Lindell and Christy Oatley. That's quite a convenient name, Oatley. They feed the horses oats. Uh, did you catch mm. any of the team dressage, or are you still done with equestrian? No, still boycotting equestrian. Um, I might be back around to it by Flin Flan. Okay. Um, but uh, boycotting it, I don't think I'm watching it in Tokyo, so um, yeah. it'll, it'll be a while so I can watch it again. Screw you, Birdo. You let us down. Um, golf, well, <laughs> we're going to talk about this. The Olympic return of golf. Um, what a what a spectator sport that is. Uh, <laughs> but we shouldn't joke. Uh, there's an Australian leading, Marcus Fraser, went on what I quote from the AOC website, a birdie blitz, and leads after one uh, the first day, uh, eight under par on 63, has a three-stroke lead over the British Open champion of Henrik Stanson and a Canadian, Graham Delete. Uh, control alt delete i don't know um, just delete uh so good i mean look it's it's boring as batshit to watch jared but there's an aussie winning so yay go us yeah i mean this is one of those events where you just wish it would finish after one day um i don't know how long golf goes on for four days really <laughs> four days okay so it's not as long as the sailing i was a little bit concerned that you may be getting 20 rounds of golf uh, before the olympics were through that's that's a positive I'm just going to call it right now, Jared. Marcus will lead for all three days. He will be talked up like all things else on the final day. They will go to his house. They will film his kids. They will talk about how he had a terrible childhood and somehow overcame adversity to be within a shot of winning Olympic gold. And he will choke at the final thing and either win silver or finish fourth. So, um, yeah. <laughs> It'll be good because the newspapers can have the headline primed, either birdie blitz or bogey blitz, depending yep. on how he goes. Yeah, and uh, if he gets beaten by Graham Delete, uh, Marcus Fraser deleted from middle contention. Uh, so, <laughs> you're welcome, Herald Sun. Take our headline from us. Um, hockey, the Hockey Roos, well, they've uh, won a couple in a row now. They beat world number one Argentina 1-0, and with that win, they're through to the quarterfinals. So, well done, girls. Judo, sad news here for us, Jared. Uh, Australia's campaign in judo is over for another Olympics. Um, Miranda Giambelli sadly lost in the first round of the 78-kilogram division to Brazil's Mara Aguirre. She went out by Ipon in 39 seconds. Uh, it wasn't Anucci Mata. 
but still Ipon, that hurts. That hurts deeply. That hurts a hundred points worth of hurt. Yep, that that's worse than the Campbell sisters. Um so uh in rowing, uh as I mentioned we've got a silver, but outside of our medal, uh the men's four are into the finals. I mean this is one thing with rowing, maybe we'll talk about this when we get to the sports we watch, but you've got the quads and you've got the four. Now the last time I learned about things, quad is four. So why do we have a quad and a four? I don't know if you know the animal. Quickly, yeah, I didn't quite. I didn't quite get that. I was watching it, and the quads came on. They're like, we've never won a. Uh, I don't even know if it was a medal or we've never won a gold in this event. And I'm like, hang on. I'm like, what about the awesome foursome? And then I'm like, oh, <laughs> they're the men's four. I'm like, not not the quad. What's the difference here? Um, I think it's just an excuse to have more rowing. I mean, they've already got the rubber charges. Clearly, they can't get enough of the sport. Um, and it's just really helpful when every second day gets called off to have that many events going yep. on. Yep. Uh, I definitely want to talk about rowing because, yeah, I mean, we uh, the women's eight sadly missed out on making the finals. Um, and in we were in a final in the pair, uh, Spencer Turin and Alexander Lloyd. They finished six in an event won by New Zealand. That's not what you want to finish last in the New Zealand winning. Thing. But, yeah, you're mentioning um, repper charges and they've got B finals. Uh, we had... Uh, competitors in the B finals. Our double skulls of Sally Cahoe and Genevieve Horton were third, so they won a B final bronze. Um, and our men's double skull of Chris Morgan and David Waters won the gold in the B final. So why do we need B finals? This is like in the rugby. They've got to have the playoffs for like fifth and sixth and seventh and eighth. Like, you know, I mean, imagine if the World Cup did this. Like, oh, all the quarterfinals, you've still got to play off for, like, you know, ninth to 16th. Like, do you really give a shit if you lose the quarterfinals? Oh, come on, boys. We've got to back this up. We've got to finish fifth. Yeah, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, I mean, imagine if you had this in the sailing. It would never end. <laughs> yes. But I'd like to think they should get something for winning a B final. I mean, you've won a gold. Maybe it's not the real final, but it's the B final. You should get just the ribbon without the medal on the end. You should get those little um, statues that they give out of the logos. Um, and still, I just I, I want somebody to make a YouTube compilation of athlete reactions to being handed a little uh, Rio statue thing that they get with their medals. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Oh, goodness. Um, speaking of the rugby, yes, uh, the men, we finished in eighth because we lost both of our playoff matches uh argentina now we were leading this 21 nil and we lost at 26 to 21 so <laughs> there you go and um then we lost to france again uh 12 to 10 finished eighth now sailing here we go this is where we get excited i, I felt a bit mean yesterday jared to our sailors i thought i'd put down a couple of results for us today um particularly because we're actually leading one of the categories now the nacra 17 category Personally, Jared, one of my favourites in sailing. Um, this is a mixed category. Uh, so our team of Jason Waterhouse and Lisa Darman, they had two wins, a fourth and a fifth from four races. They've only got another 800 to go. Um, so they're leading at the halfway point. Go the NACRA 17. Australia getting ready to get tattoos of NACRA 17 on us, aren't we, after that gold medal? Oh, definitely. Absolutely. Um, but uh, a tough day in the office for our 470 women crew of Carrie Smith and Jamie Ryan, absolute superstars of the sport here in Australia. Um, they finished. They, they were on stamps before they had planned gold medals. <laughs> they finished 11th in their first race and sadly 18th in their second race. They capsized, Jared. Uh, I don't know if you saw that one. That was on all the highlights packages, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's a sailing Ipon, if ever I've heard of one. <laughs> yes, 100 points for the water, the green water. Um, 
Swimming, yes, well, we know the Campbell sisters choked uh, fourth and sixth in the 100-metre free. Taylor McCowan, she was fifth in the 200-metre breaststroke. And again, they talked her down. She was the fastest qualifier. That automatically should mean she wins a gold. She was still happy she made the finals. Fifth, oh, she'd take that. Uh, Belinda Hocking um, was the fifth fastest with a 200-metre backstroke. And um, as I mentioned before, reigning world champion Emily Seabom is out. She's eliminated and still crying about it. Um, and Cam McAvoy, as I said, missed out in the 50-metre free. I do believe we have a finalist in the 800-metre freestyle as well. And uh, my research has sadly not taken me to tell you who that is. Um, I can tell you it is Jessica Ashwood. There we go. Quickly, good to have that up on my screen. So she will swim in the 800-metre uh, freestyle final tomorrow. Uh, tennis, sadly, Jared, your sport, Sammy Stozer and John Pierce, they're out. They lost to the uh, Indian four seeds in the mixed double, Rohan Bopana and Sanya Mercer. Did, did you see any of uh, Sammy and John at all? Didn't see the Australians play. I did watch a couple of Nadal's matches and I mean, there was two wins there. So, um, I mean, I'm just going to claim that as an Australian win. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to distance myself from that. Yes, Rafa threw to the quarters in the singles, but he threw to the finals in the doubles. Knocked out the Canadian pairing that we've talked up a little bit, but he's going to play uh, Brazilian hero Tomas Bellucci in the quarters. Do you know anything about Mr. Tomas Bellucci at all, Jared? Um, I've heard his name before. That's about as far as my knowledge goes. So, so we can claim he's an, an Australian. <laughs> I've just I've just quickly pulled him up. His highest ranking was number twenty-one in the world in two thousand and ten, and he's finished at the fourth round of the French Open in two thousand and ten. So that's his claim to fame. Uh, Del Potro still in it. Nishikori, Monfils, Andy Murray still in it. So there you go. Um, the the women's singles at the moment too. They're down to the semis. Petra Kvitova was there. Monica Pugue. Now, I, she's Puerto Rican, and I sort of didn't know if Puerto Rico had ever won an Olympic medal before. They actually have won a few, more so than I thought. And um, Madison Keys will play Angelique Kerber. So, I mean, there's still that's a pretty decent uh, final four there in the women's. Who, who's your tip in the, in the women's tennis, Jared? It'd be hard to go past Kerber, I think. Um, Australian Open champion, obviously, and she made the final of Wimbledon. So she's been in form this year. So she strings everything together. She should be right. As I mentioned, Rafa and uh, Mark Lopez through to the final. Sadly, uh, our man Jack Sock and his uh, American counterpart, Steve Johnson, they lost to the Romanian pairing. So it will be a Romania-Spain gold medal match in the men's doubles and a USA-Canada bronze medal match and uh, in the women's doubles. I'm thrilled to see uh, Martina Hingis. She's still going strong. I, I've had the pleasure of interviewing her. It was a huge pleasure to interview Martina. I've always been a big fan of hers. Um, but she, with her teammate Tamia Baksinski, am I saying that correctly? Um, they're up against a Czech pairing. And then in the other semi, you've got a Czech pairing and a Russian pairing. So there you go. Um, but we should have really talked about the tendency now. Other results section, whatever. I've jumped ahead. Um, what else? Well, we've only got water polo to cover anyway. The women lost, 8-7. Um... There you go. Uh, in Canada results, uh, um, well, they won a gold medal. I don't really think we need to focus on anything else. Uh, we mentioned one of their golfers is in third. He's deleting his way through there. Uh, other results, um, we just talked about the tennis. Michael Phelps, uh, only his lazy 20-second gold medal. Uh, <laughs> his first, uh, the first swimmer 
in history to win the same event four times in a row, the 200-metre individual medley. Amazing effort there. Uh, that now officially puts him ahead of Ethiopia in the gold medal count on the all-time uh, medals tally uh, on 22 gold. He's now only one behind South Africa and Brazil. So um, he's, the Brazilians have got to get their game up in the home Olympics uh, because they're getting beaten by Michael Phelps. So um, mm, there you go. They'll be quaking in their boots they when it comes be. to the... Uh, is he in the um, medley relay? He, yeah, he, he is, and he's also got the 100 or two... It would be the 100 butterfly to go. So he's still got a chance of two more gold. So he could he could scoot clear of Brazil and South Africa. So uh, look out, you guys. Um, now, we've got a good news and a bad news story here for other results that I want to focus on. Let's go to the bad news first. Uh, New Zealand, they actually had a decent day today, Jared. Um, not only did they pick up two silver, they won a blooming gold medal in the rowing. Um, now, of course, when Canada finally wins a gold and thinks, yeah, we can go ahead of them on the medal tally, New Zealand come out and <laughs> do well. Now, the cockless, coxless, coxless Ben, not cockless, I'm sure they've got penises, uh, Hamish Bond and Eric Murray, who I think have won everything in the last 20 years, when it, they're back-to-back gold medalists, um, which I don't know if New Zealand have ever experienced. <laughs> oh, what's this? You can win more than one gold medal in multiple Olympics? Um, so <laughs> they took out the, uh, the gold, um, and they, yeah, a couple of silver medals. So they got the men's team sprint, uh, they lost to Britain in the final, but they still walked away with a silver. And as I said before, in the canoe, with Jess's, Jess Fox's penalty, uh, she promoted Luca Jones up into silver in the canoe slalom. So what's going on here? New Zealand, we're talking about Canada having a, a national holiday tomorrow. We'll talk about Fiji having a national year holiday in a minute. Um, but New Zealand, what, they don't know. They've won three medals in a day. I think they just exploded. Yeah, they must have no idea what's going on. I mean, pretty hollow to get a um, medal off a penalty, um, <laughs> but I'm sure they'll take it. Uh, they always, New Zealand always seems to sort of come good um, a little bit further, and it takes them a while to get going. Um, they don't realize the Olympics are on, and then finally they kick into gear once the um, <laughs> rowing gets down to the finals and the uh, velodrome starts. Don't you just love the fact that in order for them to get a silver medal, an Australian has to get a penalty? It's like... Oh, look, we'll be a little bit generous, New Zealand. Like, look, Jess is young. She can come back and win a gold in a couple of years again, whereas, you know, this Luca Jones, who knows? So, <laughs> have a solver, New Zealand. Um, we'll get to the medal tally in a second. But, yes, Fiji, this this is the, the feel-good story of today, definitely. Not only is it their first gold medal, it's their first ever medal in the history of the Olympics. We talked about this yesterday. Now, uh, the Prime Minister of Fiji was at the event he flew there to watch this event. That's a big deal. And they showed on the news just the celebrations going around the streets of Suva and all of the tiny island nation of Fiji. And, of course, typical Australian media had to then find an Australian connection. They found an interview with Jared Hayne saying, yes, I'm pretty uh, happy that they won the gold medal. <laughs> like, oh, this is the team that Jared Hayne should have been on. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it was never in doubt. They absolutely belted the living bejesus out of uh, Great Britain in the final. I think it was about, like, 470,000 to two. So, um, yeah, Fiji, Jared, they've won a medal and they've won a gold medal. Yeah, this was definitely my uh, highlight of the day. Um, they were just so excited to win. It's their first medal. Um, gold, even better. Um, and Rugby Sevens is, is a sport that I wasn't really interested in going into the Olympics, but this is probably my favorite um, 
sport that's kind of exceeded my expectations uh, so far in Rio. Yeah, I, I would I would pretty much agree with you there because uh, you know as I said I'm not the biggest rugby fan, but um, you know it was it's very entertaining to watch. I enjoyed it. Um, and yeah, just just the way that we talk about humble athletes and that. I mean, after the event, the players were just weeping on the sidelines before the game was over. They all got into that little circle and sang a little Fijian song. Then on the medal uh, ceremony, I think it was Princess Anne was presenting their medals, and every single one of them got down on their knees to accept the medals and like were so humbled at getting a medal uh, from you know Princess. And it was just incredible. I mean, that's just. You, you, what you love about the Olympics when these tiny little nations can come through and win a medal. I mean, you know, it's a brand new sport. They are the best in the world. They were outrageous favourites. They came through. And, I mean, like, you know, they... I would love to be a journalist in Fiji right now because I can imagine that, you know, the Suva Times tomorrow is probably about three times as thick as it always is. And um, it'll probably be like that for the next, like, month. Yeah, Fiji will be taking a, a leaf out of New Zealand's book um, when it comes to the flag bearers at, at the closing ceremony, it's going to be the entire team, I can just tell you now. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so congratulations to Fiji. That's amazing. So uh, good result. But um, the other medal results, just going over them. So in the archery, uh, we had the women's individual decided today, Chang Hyu Jin of South Korea. I believe they've won every single gold medal now in the archery, if I'm not mistaken, so far. And the men's to happen tomorrow. Uh, canoeing, as I mentioned, uh, Jess Fox, bronze in the women's, but uh, that was won by Mialien Churao of Spain. And the men's slalom C2 uh, was won by Ladislav Skanter and Peter Skanter of Slovakia. I think with that canoeing, you get two in a boat. I'd like, you know how you got the eights in the rowing? I'd like to see the canoe slalom eight. Uh, I think that would be a fun sport to watch. I don't know how that would work, but I'd love to see them try to spin around and doing those reverse gates with eight people in the boat. Yeah, even if it's, um, oh, I don't know what you call those canoe-type things, but the ones that are connected sort of across the middle and you have people yes. on either side of the course and they're linked linked across the middle, that would be great to see. That's a, that's a good call. I like that one. Uh, cycling, as mentioned, uh, the New Zealand got silver, but that was, yeah, Great Britain won the men's team sprint. Fencing, oh, what a boil over. The Romanians won the women's team epee over China. Wasn't calling that one, Joe. That's a shock. Yeah, that's that's a bigger shock mm. than the um, Campbell sisters losing. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, gymnastics, uh, well, the one of the queens of the Olympics, uh, Simone Biles, she's, she's done it again in the women's in artistic all around. Uh, gold, and double, uh, gold and silver double there for America, Ali Raisman. Won the silver in Russia, got the bronze. Judo, well, we obviously know the disappointment we've suffered in Australia with that. But uh, gold to the Czech Republic in the men's 100 kilogram, Lucas Kraplak. And uh, in the women's 78 kilo, Kayla Harrison from the US. Didn't know Americans could do judo. Good on them. Um, rowing, yeah, Cox Pair in New Zealand. Uh, the double skulls. Uh, so this is, this is the thing as well. <laughs> like, you've got the quads and the four, you've got the doubles and the pairs. <laughs> like, can we do that in tennis? Oh, it's men's doubles and the men's pairs. <laughs> you know. Um, uh, anyway, so Croatia uh, got the double skulls. Germany won the quadruple skulls. Um, the lightweight Coxes 4, because there's a difference. Uh, Switzerland won that. I, was, I didn't even know these nations knew anything about rowing. I mean, now that you said water in Switzerland, they're landlocked, aren't they? Um, Poland won the double skulls in the women's and the women's quadruple skulls uh, was double for Germany. So they won the women's and the men's. 
quadruple skulls. Well done to the Germans. Rugby sevens, as we said, Fiji got that one. Shooting, it was a golden day for Germany. Barbara Englid, Englider, thank you, Ben, won the 50-metre rifle three positions. It's my favourite one. Better than the two positions, women's 50-metre rifle. Um, swimming, uh, well, we know in the women's 100-metre uh, free, uh, Simone Manuel, and that would be a very long Olympics if you had the 100, the 150, the 200, the 250. Um, Simone Manuel, Penny uh, Alexiak, dead-heated for gold in that one. Phelps, as we said, the 200 IM. The 200 backstroke, uh, Ryan Murphy, not the guy who created Glee, as we mentioned the other day, the actual swimmer, uh, he won that one. And uh, the table tennis, uh, no no surprise there, Mei Long, always going to win the men's singles in China. Uh, beat fellow Chinese compatriot Zhang Zhaik, and Japan won the bronze in that one. So the medal tally, uh, if I can get to that one right now. Australia has dropped to fourth, well, we were, I think, fourth yesterday, but we're back there again as well. Hanging on by uh, two silver. We've won the same amount of golds as South Korea and Hungary, but we've won more silver. And we're being breathed down by the Brits, the Russians, and the Germans because, uh, well, actually, not the Germans, but the Brits and the Russians have won more silver than us, Jared. So if either of them win a gold tomorrow, we uh, will drop back a place. Um, but the US comfortably on top. 16 gold, 12 silver, 10 bronze. China, having a bit of a slow game, so have only won the 11 gold, 8 silver, and 11 bronze. Japan in third. We're fourth, South Korea fifth, Canada, what a day for them. They've leaped up into the top 20 in 20th with a gold, a silver, five bronze, but sadly still behind New Zealand who are in 17th position with one gold and four silver, brew. Um, it's a great result for them. And uh, Fiji with their one gold, 31st place, and uh, they are comfortably equal with Argentina, the independent Olympic athletes, Kosovo, and, of course, that Romanian gold in the... Uh, in the fencing so uh there you go um i don't really have much news and we can the green pool well we went over that yesterday but uh there was a uh a doping positive doping test china's chinese swimmer chen jing yi failed a doping test so uh all these sun yang supporters jared um how do you think their defense is going for the chinese swim team right now Probably not well. I mean, that's not going to look good. You've got a track record and someone else on your team gets busted. Um, maybe some of kind of the Mac Horton hate will um, phase out over these next couple of days. So we're not in danger of being splashed anytime soon, perhaps. <laughs> so uh, thank you, China, for failing. Is that the first failed drug test of the Olympics, I think, so far? Sure, sounds good. Yep, we'll go with that, except for Russia, but we won't touch that one. Uh, what did you watch today, Jared? Uh, what were some of the ones that you particularly paid close attention to? Uh, not too much that we haven't mentioned already. Um, the badminton was was the focus um, for most of the day. Um, I turned to the golf for a second and then turned back off it. Uh, I watched plenty of the rugby um, because they have so many rounds and all those placings, uh, and then the kayaking. Indeed. Well, I think they're still playing for about 87th place in the rugby right now. Um, so this is going as long as Thomas Bach's speech in the opening ceremony. So um, go figure. Yeah, I uh, yeah watched uh, swimming, some beach volleyball, badminton, uh, golf and rowing. Um, now, yeah, I mean, with the rowing, we're obviously questioning the, the quads and the fours and the pairs and the, the doubles and the lightweights and the heavyweights and all this sort of stuff. Like, it's not boxing. You don't need weight divisions, surely. Um, but 
it's it's an interesting sport to watch, particularly like when they're announcing the teams at the beginning. You know, like you know, it's not like swimming when they come out almost like wrestler style with their video screen and all this sort of stuff. And you know, athletics. You know, in lane four, representing Jamaica, Usain Bolt, yay! Whereas like they do this so slow and tedious, so they just get there in order. They're like France, Denmark, Greece, rowers ready, beep, and then they just go, and it's um. It's a pretty confusing sport to watch in a way, the way they do the camera angles, because I've always noticed this is wrong. Like, you'd be watching it like, oh, Australia's so far in front, because it's like on an angle, and then they kind of straighten up, and you realise we're dead last. <laughs> like, I don't know if there's a way they can fix that on TV. Oh, really, I think they do that on purpose. That's uh, the, the Each country has their own camera that, that shoots the race from a favourable angle, and they sw- they switch Channel 7 exclusively using the Aussie camera that puts us in gold medal uh, <laughs> position just to add more pressure to them. So when they lose, we can say, where did where the other team come from? We had this race. It was in the bag. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> I would love to have the job of the people who have to lean forward and hold on to the boats before they start. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed those people who have that job, but uh, what happens if, like, one of them gets bribed a little bit? Like, you know, if I went up to the ones holding the New Zealand pair who went on to win the gold, uh, like, here's an extra, you know, $1,000 if you accidentally hold them for, like, five seconds before they go. Like, do you think, <laughs> you know, there's constant bribery, bribery in the sport of rowing? Yeah, I'm sure um, they've had full criminal history checks, uh, the people doing the start there. Um, they've probably chased up their ancestry, see if they any, have any links. They'd be under constant scrutiny, um, followed by armed guard, I imagine, yeah. um, after the event and, and heading to it. Because um, you have to, exactly, you have to watch out if they hold somebody back. But then also some of them, I'm sure, would be want to um, give the um, rowboat a bit of a push at the start. Well, that's true. I didn't think about that. You're absolutely right. Like, you know, is there an appeal by the South Africans who lost to the New Zealanders? Hang on a minute. Their person, their boat holderer, push them you know like that's not good enough like does the aussie team the water boatman do we like put in appeal for coming last in you know because the only reason we got last was they held us too long and new zealand got pushed i'm calling for an appeal jared i think you're onto something yeah i think we do need to go back over that footage uh new zealand winning a gold medal does seem a bit iffy <laughs> yes hang on a minute they're winning gold that, that that's not right the drugs absolutely they got pushed something uh the golf though i mean Look, I, I personally don't know if I have a problem with golf being in the Olympics. I mean, it's a fairly popular sport. It's a big sport. Uh, why not? But um, when it comes to spectator sport, like, you know, I mean, Happy Gilmore-style golf would be all right, I guess. But, um, you know, I mean, imagine lining up for tickets when Rio gets the Olympics. You know, I mean, no one's lined up for tickets because no one's going to the events. But they've built that little grandstand at, like, the hole of the 18th. Like... <laughs> The people imagine you go, oh, I got my seats to golf today. I mean, you're going to be spending half the day waiting for people. Like, just on the 18th, hurry up. Like, you know, you, and by the time somebody gets to the green, you literally see them putted in and you go, oh, yep, slow little clap. And all they do is, like, tip their hat off to the crowd. There's no, like, over-the-top celebrations. There's no cocky Michael Phelps style, like, you know, going, like, come on to the crowd. It's just a tip of the hat, like... Seriously, I mean, why would you pay to go watch golf? Yeah, I'm not sure why. I think um, surely the golf seats are always half price. Um, there's probably some deal going on there um, to get the people in. Probably just the athletes' families, really. I c- couldn't see anybody in their right mind um, who didn't know somebody in it wanting to go and watch. You know, it's not the athletes. They're back in the athletes' village tweeting, oh, I'm watching the golf on TV, lol. 
Um, but I did see the footage. Uh, there was a British golfer who got a hole in one. And if if you get to see this footage, there's a guy behind the golfer who just kind of, he looks and goes, oh, I've got a hole in one. There's this fan behind him. I think he's actually an Indian supporter because it looked like he had an Indian flag. He goes off. Like, he is going mental. This guy is like the golf nut of the world. I don't even see people cheering that much at, like, Australian rules football matches. Like, this guy needed to have his pulse checked. He's about to have a heart attack. Like, that guy is a golf nut. He is the number one fan of golf in the world. Yeah, I'm sure we'll be seeing him every day, probably. Um, <laughs> in the same spot, potentially. Potentially. Uh, he, he could run out onto the course. He's that excited. <laughs> he's, he's a plant. The reorganisers, you know, oh, the pool's fine. We've got the golf guy there. Like, he's... Look how exciting golf is. <laughs> like, go to the golf. Um, anyway, uh, athlete of the day. I've already told you mine. Porn tip, Bran Pratsatruk. Um, definitely going for for her. I, I'm not even going to question that one just because her name's awesome. Jared, do you have anyone today? Uh, I'm not a single athlete. I'm just going to say the entire Fijian um, Rugby Sevens team. That's Good how point. you play Rugby Sevens. That's how you win sports. That's how you celebrate. Absolutely. And I, I guarantee you, had they not won that, had they not won the final, I don't even think Fiji's media would have given a shit. They still won a medal. They still would have reacted the same way. So... Um, we can take lessons from Fiji when it comes to their medals. Um, now, I did actually manage yesterday's show. You talked about the Chinese boxer. I found the footage. Hilarious. Thank you for giving me that tip. Um, so I think we need to share that on our social media page. That was great. Um, now, my wife. Yes, here we go. Um, I was going to have no one today because I didn't really, really see one, but I've, I've got to put Jess Fox in there. I feel like, how have I not mentioned her? Like... She's she's a very, you know, attractive lady. She's uh, very humble. She seems fun and energetic. Like, you know, she's just the type of girl, Jared, that I feel you could you could take home for a Sunday night dinner. Why not? You could take her on a bushwalk on a Friday. You could, very well. Um, and, and, I mean, to add to things, she's got the gold locked up for um, Tokyo 2020 already. Absolutely. We've talked about putting pressure on the athletes and the media, hyping things up. I mean, why are they not on this train already? She's already won, as far as I'm concerned. It's in the bag. Exactly. And if she does, what did you say yesterday? If she doesn't win it, don't come home. Yep. Well, she's not coming home. You said that yesterday. So she's got to stay out until Tokyo. It's like you're you're working for like Department of Immigration now. You're Grant Bowler on Border Security. You're basically like, nope, no gold in that bag. Stay out of the country until Tokyo. Yeah, I'm just looking out for. I mean, avoid the negative press. Stay away. Um, train overseas. You you don't want the pressure. Maybe compete um, for who oh, I want to take you. Think about it. You. <laughs> You might do better there. Exactly. Well, we don't want to lose it, though. We want to keep her in Australia. But, look, oh, I want to take you. I mean, it's better than going to New Zealand. So, anyway. Um, all right. Channel 77. Oh, Channel 77. Not that quite. Channel 7. Shit, shit, shit. News.com.au. Even shitter, shitter, shitter. Now, um, nothing a whole lot to add in terms of... I mean, we talked about the swimming commentators being incredibly disappointed. It's paying attention to the rowing. I want to get to the rowing commentary in a second. There's one particular thing of note that is hilarious. I've also got one here from the canoe kayak, and Colin, sadly not with us, Colin teased us in our group chat. He says, you know, Ben, Jared, I've got the best Canadian commentary fail you will ever hear. This will top it all. This is the best. Now, we actually had, it kind of ties into our news.com today, you even shitter, 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 because there's actually a couple of stories on news.com today, you today, relating to commentary fails, which actually are from Canada. Now, 
I'll get to them in a minute. We'll do the Australian ones first. The canoe kayak, I don't know who the canoe kayak commentator was. They're quite actually a decent commentator. Um, just a quick one that they're talking down when Jess Fox is going down the course, coming through one of the gates. Oh, it's trickier than a Rio taxi ride. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> they've written that down on a piece of paper ready to go. <laughs> Uh, I mean, have you ever experienced a Rio taxi ride, Jared? I, I don't know. I have not, but I feel like there's an extended story behind that. I mean, that commentator, he's obviously taken a taxi to the event. Uh, it's fresh in his mind, and obviously that was um, the one exciting trip. I will actually say we're hoping to get on the show in the second week. Uh, a former colleague of mine, David Killick, is actually in Rio. He's a journalist, and he's actually working over there. And I was speaking to him on Facebook a little bit recently while he's over there, and he was talking to me about the fact that None of the journalists over there use taxis. They all use Uber. And he'd never used Uber before in his life. He's like, I've never used Uber before. This is all completely new. Everyone swears by it. Um, so, again, maybe the taxis over there. We will have to ask him this if we get him on. Because, um, you know, if, if a taxi ride is trickier than a canoe slalom course, then um, I'm worried. But, yeah, the rowing. Now, uh, rowing is an interesting sport. We talked a little bit about that. But we had Brenton Speed and triple Olympic gold medalist Drew Ginn, uh, Gin, Gin or Gin, one of them. Um, he, They were commentating. That's what they do. And there was a lovely little exchange in um, conversation where the rowers were getting their medals when Australia won their silver. Now, I don't know if you've been a big aficionado of rowing over the years, Jared, but, of course, formerly they would win the medals and get presented to them still wearing their rowing suits. They wouldn't put on their country's track suits. Obviously, now, the protocol has changed. They have to wear their country's tracksuits. So, uh, the conversation between Britain and Drew, this is how it followed. Uh, Britain turns to Drew and he goes, Do you like the tracksuits, or should they go back to the rowing suits? And Drew turns around and says, I think they did that because in London and Sydney, there were a few rowers who were a bit excited. To which Britain <laughs> turns around and says... Isn't that sort of good publicity for the support so for the sport? It could go viral. <laughs> <So> <laughs> he's basically saying to have a bunch of rowers up there on the podium with erections would be great for rowing. <laughs> I mean, is that going to make you watch rowing more? I probably wouldn't make me want to watch rowing more. No, I think that could go uh, one of two ways. Um, obviously, the Estonians didn't get the memo, or they were um, up on the podium under protest because they chose to don the jacket, but not the pants. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it, just, it was just the most funniest conversation. And this is, you know, these two professional uh, commentators. And again, harks back to what we're talking about in terms of the commentary and do they know what they're talking about. You've got a three-time Olympic gold medalist. You do know what you're talking about. Um, so that was interesting. Now, as I mentioned with the Canadian uh, commentators, now, Colin, if you're listening, I really hope that this is the uh, the two that you are possibly talking about. So um, apparently on CBC, the Canadian network that is broadcasting the Olympics, uh, CBC announcer Byron McDonald um, went a little bit too far. Apparently his microphone was still on and he didn't think it was on. So he's talking about... Uh, the 4 by 200 metres actually happened yesterday. Um, so after USA won the gold, uh, Canada obviously got the third. Um, there was a Chinese swimmer in... Uh, a 14-year-old Chinese swimmer, A. Yan Han, swam the second leg of the relay in 157.79, which was 1.61 seconds slower than the Canadian. So then Byron McDonald turns around and says, The little 14-year-old from China dropped the ball, baby. Too excited, went out like stink, died like a pig. Thanks for that. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> and he's come out on Twitter 
And uh, actually, no, this is he's, uh, the next day. What happened? But that, I hope that's the one Colin's talking about. But then apparently uh, there was another little gaffe on air uh, with Elliot Friedman commentating the 200 metre individual medley got the American swimmers confused, thinking that it was Ryan Lochte swimming in lane four instead of Michael Phelps, basically going along the call saying, Phelps doesn't look like he has this one in him. Uh, Ryan Lochte is going to win a gold medal and basically calling the whole way that it's Phelps is going to lose because Lochte didn't even win a medal. And then he's come out later on and tweeted, I'm sorry, everyone, I blew it. No excuses. So, can you? I mean, does he even know who Michael Phelps is? Do the Canadians get people in their events that don't know swimming? Yeah, I mean that's a big gap. I'm, he's got to be happy that that other commentary mistakes come out on the same day because that would have completely <laughs> overshadowed his mistake. The fact that the Canadian commentators are calling people little pigs and not knowing who the greatest Olympian in the history of the Olympics is. Uh, I, for one, kind of wish I was watching Canadian Olympic coverage right now because, you know, Usain Bolt's going to be coming on and they're going to be like going, oh, and this guy is winning. Who is that? Usain Bolt. <laughs> so, I think it could be his first Olympics. Never heard of him before. Oh, this, this is he's a star of the future, Usain. Uh, look out for him. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, news.com.au, not as uh, big as ones there. They've, they've done a lovely article here. Simone Mitchell, I talked about the rowing outfits. They've actually gone and done a rowing article, an article on the outfits of rowers, talking about seeing their penises. So, um, yep, that's classy journalism there, news.com.au. I wanted to learn a little bit about uh, seeing penis sizes in rowing uh, outfits. They've also published an article here. John Ralph is talking about a hockey roo being the queen of social media. Um, even though she is not allowed to use it because the AOC are banning them from using social media, even though we've got badminton players favouriting our tweets, Jared. Um, so <laughs> clearly the badminton players don't uh, uh, go through with the rules there. The one, though, that I just wanted to quickly note here, this isn't actually a news.com.au fail. I found this to be a, a fail by The Australian, one of the most... Respected newspapers in our land, Jared, uh, you know, highly regarded. Uh, now, Wally Mason, their sports editor, has posted uh, an opinion piece about um, the Australian athletes. Now, the headline says, Australian athletes strong in the pool but weak on the dais. So basically this article goes on to rip in to Mac Horton and Kyle Chalmers for not being on the podium and, showing, and not knowing the words to our national anthem and looking bored on the podium. Now, okay... I see maybe where he's coming from a little bit. I mean, I tweeted out today, uh, it was amazing to see these athletes, like, crying up on the podium. Like, it's, there was one of the German rowers was bawling his eyes out when his national anthem was playing. You know, Simone in the 100 metres, she was bawling her eyes out. Like, it's great. I love the emotion. But, like, I mean, this is, again, Australia. Like, what do we do? We've got our Olympic champions. They're gold medalists. They're, they're legends already in our eyes because they're Australian. But we've still got to find a way to rip into them. Oh, they've won a gold, but they don't know our national anthem. Shame on you. Don't come home. Do the Jared Lubick style of border security. I mean, really? Like, why do we need to go off at them? Yeah, that's not really fair. Um, f- first of all, saying that they don't know the words, how do you even know that? That's just making <laughs> a, a big assumption. And, yeah, I mean, they've won gold. Um, obviously, it's nice to see them sing along. But, I mean, the national anthem means different things to different people. Maybe they just kind of want to soak in the moment. 
Um, you just can't. You can't tell what people are feeling based on their facial expressions and and, and how they're acting on the outside. I mean, they're probably nervous being up on the podium anyway. Um, yeah, it's just a chance to rip into them. They've won gold. Leave them alone. They can do what they want. He's literally said in this article, mumbling in a slightly embarrassed fashion to half the remembered words of the anthem seems to be a trend of recent years. Great Australian Olympic champions of the past, even the recent past, such as Ian Thorpe and Kathy Freeman, all knew the words and sang them out. Now, I look, Thorpey, yes, he sang the, the... Like, good on Thorpey, but, like... I remember when Thorpey would win a gold medal. He showed, like, no emotion. He was just kind of like, oh, yeah, it's a gold medal. Whatever. Who cares? Like, you know, it wasn't like Grant Hackett winning 1,500 in Sydney. The guy, I mean, he was doing a Sun Yang. He was splashing everyone. He was so excited. You know, he was going over the top. And, um, you know, Kathy, when she won the gold in Sydney, she just fell to the ground and just kind of had a bit of a cry. Like, there wasn't over-the-top emotions. It was great. But, like... I don't remember Thorpey being exactly that excited. So, I mean, what, in 10 years' time, are we going to be saying, oh, remember when Kyle Chalmers and Mac Horton sang the national anthem in Pride? Like, uh, anyway, there we go. Wally Mason, you are silly. <laughs> that was that was my comeback. Ooh, you're silly. Um, I, I don't know if you... you Have you noted any commentary or anything like that? I, I kind of skim over you there, Jared. You might have notes. I don't know. Do you? I don't have any notes about the commentary today. I thought the um, Batman commentary was good, even if it was coming from somebody who um, did not have an Australian accent, um, potentially somebody British commentating the badminton, which I don't, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, but she knew what she was talking about and did a good job. Well, I, I still think it's uh, better than New Zealanders commentating uh, archery, <laughs> which I'm still confused about. Like, out of all the people we could get to commentate archery, it's the New Zealanders. Um, anyway, uh, Canadian athlete of the day. Again, Colin not here, but I'll do his job for him. Now, I found another one. I found the great Canadian of Alina Sharp, a golfer. Now, sadly, Penny Alexiak doesn't have one of these. Otherwise, I would uh, obviously have done hers. But, uh, I mean, you're a huge uh, Alina Sharp fan, aren't you, Jeremy? I mean, you've got posters of her on your wall. Oh, exactly. I mean, she was the athlete who I've been following the most going into this Games. Absolutely. Well, here we go. Uh, my name is Alina Sharp, and I'm a Canadian. Her favourite Olympic moment is when, uh, in 2014, the women's Canadian hockey team defeated the USA for the gold. Don't you just love how all Canadians' favourite winter uh, moment are winter Olympics? <laughs> like, it's really the only moments they've got to pick from. They would have really stretched this. What's your favourite summer Olympic moment. I mean, I asked this in four years' time. It's going to be Penny Alexiak, Penny Alexiak, Penny Alexiak. But now it's, you know, anything. Uh, if I could choose an Olympic host city... Oh, God, why am I reading hers out? Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, would love to go there. It's one place that I've never been that's on my bucket list. Oh, Alina, I liked you before. Rip those posters down, Jared. Um, <laughs> in spare time, she likes to mountain bike or hike with her dogs. Because all golfers want to do is bike ride um the weirdest instruction a coach has ever given her hit golf balls in bare feet it's a weird feeling i'll take your word on that uh draw a picture of herself she's drawn a stick figure holding a golf club that's pretty good my favorite workout is and she's like crossed out something again high intensity workouts the jacob's ladder is a killer i'm sorry no offense to golfers out there but why the hell do they even need to work out like i mean <laughs> they've got to walk a lot but <laughs> I, I can't. Yeah, I mean, it should, should be the caddies who are working out, not the golfers, because they're putting in all the hard yards. I, t- I was thinking, do the caddies get medals? Because, you know, in the, the Paralympics, uh, the Winter Paralympics, they have the, the blind skiing, and the, the guides will get a medal for, like, obviously helping their athlete win a medal. Like, that's fair enough. Like, 
you know, I wonder if the caddies are going to get a gold medal. Mm, that's a, this is a good question. Um, and if they don't, they should be outraged. Well, they should, well, I reckon they should. I think coaches of teams should get them, and most of the time they don't, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> I can't imagine being in the Olympic Village at the gym. You know, you're working out, you're getting all pumped up, and you're on a treadmill. Oh, hey, how you going? Oh, good. What do you do? Oh, I'm in the 200-metre uh, sprint. What are you? Oh, I'm a golfer. <laughs> like, it's... <laughs> I don't really see that happening. Uh, if I could have lunch with anybody, who would it be? Uh, Martine Strait. Yep, I love her. Um, a legend and inspiration. I can have lunch with her any time, but I choose Martine because she's so uplifting. So she's choosing someone she can have lunch with. Um, That's a waste. Yep, exactly. My favourite sandwich. We want to know this about our golfers. Uh, sourdough bread with white grilled chicken, tomato, and fresh avocado slices. Oh, that is the lunch of champions for golfers. Um, if you could have a superhero, it would be to fly. Makes going around those 18 holes a little bit easier, I could imagine. Uh, the best candy in the world, milk chocolate pretzels. Uh, <laughs> that goes well with a sourdough chicken sandwich. Um, her Canadian animal, it's a beaver. We've got two beavers in a row. Jared, I'm excited. Um, her favourite sports team growing up, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, that's got to hurt. They haven't won anything in a long time. Um, sorry, Colin. Favourite sports movie? It's got to be a golf movie. Caddyshack, of course. Um, if she could live anywhere in the world, it would be in Arizona, um, or also in Colorado. Clearly, she loves her country. She wants to live south of the border. Um, when I was little, I always thought, um, when I was in a car with mum, I thought cars were made out of the way just... I'll move out of the way just for her, like she had a secret powerful car. <laughs> well, she probably did. Could be true. It could be. You don't know that one. Um, uh, my favourite joke... Oh, God, I hope this is better than yesterday's. Uh, still trying to work out what's going on there with the jalapeno nose. I'm not much of a joke teller, but I love listening to others tell jokes. Well, if you're listening to your Canadian athletes tell jokes, I don't know if you're going to like them. <laughs> the Hungarians would appreciate it. <laughs> Write this in, live your passion, that's in cursive. And her dream Olympic medal is a picture of Christ the Redeemer with Olympic rings on one side and what looks like a ribbon of some sort on the other side. So, yeah. (laughs) Alina, you're actually quite boring, but (laughs) anyway. (laughs) Sorry, Alina. You're a golfer, yeah, exactly. Um, okay, fan messages. Uh, again, I don't know if you've got the app there going. I'll, I'm going to pull some up here. If I don't, if you've got any ready to go, Jared, or are we just going to string this out? Um, um, you can start. All right, okay, here we go. Let's see. Uh, oh, look, Bronte Campbell's getting messages of inspiration. Obviously, it doesn't work in the media. Hannah Jones, an inspirational performance and an even more inspiring speech. Congratulations. Did she watch the race and listen to her interview? Oh my God, I don't like that's anything. Um, let's see. <laughs> okay, this could win the segment so far this week. This is to Richie Campbell. Now, um, I'm going to be completely ignorant and not know what sport Richie plays. I'm going to guess water polo because of the way this message turns out. Jason in New South Wales. Fantastic effort so far, guys. The coverage back here has been great, and the support for you was all really something amazing. We've watched all the games, and you still have everything to play for, so keep it up. P.S. Please tell Richie to stop pissing in the pool. It really is starting to affect the colour of the water on the telly. Go for it. 
<laughs> now, if the AOC is publishing that, there's no way they didn't publish our other ones during the week. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Um, gee, these are long messages, I have to say. Bronte and Kate getting a lot of love. Again, does does anybody watch the Olympics? Uh, <laughs> maybe they're just so incensed with the medal the the media hey look at this this is one to uh my future wife and now the one that we sent one to during the week danielle prince jared's favorite athlete for the rhythmic gymnastics maddie and victoria says i do gymnastics i love your leotard (laughs) (laughs) i want to steal it from you apparently (laughs) i don't know if you've got any now jared or i mean i don't think anything can top that no absolutely um yeah these are kind of boring now gee bronte and kate are getting so much love here well i shouldn't bag that i mean good on them they're obviously you know a bit down and out so they're oh he's a he's another one for another one to daniel prince what we're doing this jared everyone's loving her grace from south australia hi daniel prince i love your gymnastics and you're really awesome flexible and super pretty I think Grace might be trying to steal away my wife there. Uh, Jared, I'm a bit scared. Yeah, you've, you've definitely got competition here. Yes. Um, and he, okay, he's somebody who doesn't listen to our show because if they listen to our show, they know that Jess Fox isn't allowed back in the country because she didn't win the gold. Neil from Victoria. Jess, great effort in winning bronze medal. You make us all very proud and happy to be Australian. Enjoy the whole game's experience and you return home a national hero. Yeah, in four years' time when you win gold. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. That's uh, true. Uh, final one here, Sam McKenty. I don't, I don't sadly don't know who Sam Sports competes in. Um, from Ella, Ella O in Victoria. I know your uncle, Paul McKenty. He is my principal at our ladies' primary school. <laughs> and he's going to spur him onto a mm. top performance. <laughs> here goes Ella name dropping yep. to the athletes. Some obscure connection. Yep. I saw you on TV. You are my friend. Um... <laughs> Okay, we share the same first name. <laughs> oh my goodness! All right, what, what's where are we going to go to today, Jared? We don't have our, our uh, what good bed one from yesterday. <laughs> where are we, where are we going sporting wise today? Um, could it could it, could it be the golf? I mean, they will have nothing better to do. There's plenty of time for them to check their phones when they're walking from one hole to the next. <laughs> Um, so chances are that they'll see the message. All right, well, of course, we've got our uh, clubhouse leader of Marcus Fraser, Scott Hend, who I believe I think is in about 50th place, uh, or our female golfers in Minji Lee and Sue O. Who, who are we liking? Our female, who do we want to send one to? Um, I think Sue O could use some support. I was going to say Marcus Fraser, don't choke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Did you see what happened to the Campbell sisters? Yeah. Don't choke. Don't pull a Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> So just quickly, but no pressure, no pressure. So Sue O, oh, um, she arrived in Australia at the age of eight from Korea, and had never played golf before until she came here. Good job. Um, fast facts: sport, golf, status, selected. I would hope so. <laughs> She's just showing up. Uh, he's a bit of a shock. Her Olympic debut. Oh well, there you go. Sport's only returning for the first time in 120 years. Um, so I'd be a bit worried if it said like placed tenth. In the St. Louis Olympics. <laughs> All right, Sue. What are we? What are we going to say to Sue? Uh, what? What are we? What, what, come on, give give us a give us something good here, Jared. What are we thinking? Um, well, I think we need to mention the gym because she should be working out. Um, <laughs> Hope you. I don't know. Hit that treadmill hard. Hit the golf ball harder. <laughs> hey, there you go. Hit that 
treadmill hard and that golf ball harder. All right, done. I'm sorry, we're going to send two today. I really do feel we need to send one um, out to Marcus Fraser. <laughs> Don't pull a gamble. <laughs> Remember after Salt Lake, it was, you know, do a Bradbury. That was the, that was yeah. the thing. Like, it became a, a... I think it even made the dictionary at some point, didn't it? To, to pull a Bradbury. Bradbury. Uh, now it's uh, pull a Campbell. <laughs> so... I, I, I kind of... I, I, they might publish this. I mean, if they're publishing ones talking about pissing in the pool, um, don't pull a Campbell. <laughs> Done. All right there, Marcus. If he, if he wins, he's read our message. Simple. Um, we know that for a fact. All right. Uh, so we're moving now into day uh, seven, are we not? Wow, we're basically just on the halfway point. We're just below it. Um, 24 gold medals are up for grabs today, Jared. This is the second highest gold medals we will have in the entire Olympics. So it's going to be a very, very, very busy day when it comes to, uh, this day of a Friday in Rio. Um, big ones, uh, the final day, sadly, of judo. Bad news for us there, unfortunately. Uh, last day of archery as well, but uh, exciting for Colin. First day of trampolining, even though it's the men's, not the women's. Uh, and the first day of athletics. This is exciting, obviously. We love the athletics, don't we, Jared? I mean, you know, the swimming's about to end. We've got to get on the athletics train. Yeah, the athletics is good. It's like the swimming, um, but not in water. So that just makes it even better. <laughs> I mean, it's, it basically epitomizes the Olympics, the athletics, fast, higher, stronger. So medals today uh, to be decided, tomorrow, um, we'll have medals in weightlifting, in tennis, our first medals in tennis today, uh, swimming, of course, shooting. Uh, we'll talk about our Aussie prospects and that in just a second. More coming in rowing. Judo obviously been the final day. Trampolining, as I said. More fencing medals. Equestrian medals happening today. Yay. Um, track cycling, of course. Three in athletics on the opening day of athletics. And, of course, archery. So the Australian ones, though, today. Uh, some pretty good uh, performances to look forward to today. The shooting side of things and the women's skeet. Uh, personally, one of your favourites, Jared, I know. Uh, Aslan Jones will become the youngest ever shooter for Australia. She's only 16 years old. Is she legally allowed to hold a gun? Mm, that is, that's questionable. Um, she, she's probably just... Um, she might be using a super soaker that she's borrowed from the Chinese. <laughs> yes, possibly. Uh, so she'll compare that. But we actually we have a legitimate metal prospect going on here. Now, this, this is the thing. All it is on Channel 7 is the Campbell sisters. They live together. They're so good. Swiss moldy vitamins. The Campbells, the Campbells, the Campbells. Where are the ads for our world number one and current world champion 50-meter air rifle prone shooter in Warren Potent? Have you seen any of them on TV? I haven't. I haven't. Swiss is... I mean, there's an opening now. I mean, they can't have the Campbells continuing to promote their product. Um, so I think this is the next step for them. Well, let's, let's, let's talk up Warren here. Let's put the mickey on him so we can pull a Campbell today. He won a bronze in Beijing in this event. He won the gold medal at the Glasgow Commonwealth Games in this event, as well as a silver medal in Delhi. And, uh, also he took a bronze in the 50 meter rifle prone pairs. I uh, didn't even know that was a thing in Delhi. So, um, you know, no pressure. And he's in a, with a real, pardon the pun, shot of a medal. Um, so we had no idea who Susie Campbell was a week ago. We had no idea who Kyle Chalmers was a, a few days ago. Most of Australia has no idea who Warren, I don't even know if Warren Potent knows who he is, but he's going to come out tomorrow and possibly win us a gold. I'm putting the Mickey on him. I'm pulling a Bruce. 
he will win gold medal for Australia, Jared. Yeah, if he doesn't win, I'm not watching any more of the shooting. Yep. Um, I will be adding that to the boycott list. Yep. Um, it's at one spot at the moment, so this is all on you, Warren. You are you are more of a Kyle Chums than you are of a Campbell sister or a Berto, Warren. I can feel it. You're going to do it. And if you don't do it, you can hang out with Jess Fox and not come home to after Tokyo. So there you go. You've heard it here and off the podium. Uh, archery, we have a good shot at a medal today. Shot, <laughs> get it. Taylor Worth, one of our bronze medalists from the team the other day. He's in the round of 16. He's the 14th best archer in the world, apparently. Uh, but he's got a decent chance of making it far in this, and we haven't won an individual archery medal since 2004. So go, Taylor. Uh, the rowing, <laughs> well, it's the fours or the quads today. It's the rowing, it's the men's four. Now, they won silver in London and are the reigning silver medalists in the World Championship, so they've got a chance possibly there. Basketball, Boomers play China uh, after their great effort against the US uh, the other day. Athletics, uh, obviously, as we said, start today. Uh, Dane Bird-Smith is in the 20-kilometer thank you, Ben, walk. <laughs> That's a sport in itself too, isn't it? Aren't we excited for the walking? Yeah, that's something I'd like to see more distances added to. <laughs> yes, the 100-kilometre walk. Um, yeah, exactly. 100-metre walk. I mean, that'd be a good one to watch. <laughs> the 30-centimetre no, walk. Pedal, you ran. <laughs> <laughs> the one-step walk. <laughs> Who's best at reaction time? Um, cycling, the women. We mentioned that before. Yeah, there's, uh, the, obviously the pursuits. But uh, Anna Mies is on today with her teammate Stephanie Morton in the women's team sprint. Go Anna, our flag bearer. Um, the world... Uh, no, I'm reading the wrong bit here. Uh, boxing. Uh, Shelley Watts, one of our medal prospects, uh, Commonwealth Games champion in the 57 to 60 kilogram division. She starts today. And another boxer in Daniel Lewis, who um, is in round two. I don't know what division he's in, but I'm sure it's a good one. Um, hockey, the Kookaburras, uh, come back against Brazil. They win that. They're through to the quarterfinals. Uh, water polo, Australia take on Serbia. Um, and in swimming, as we said before, Belinda Hocking into 200 backstroke, um, the 800 as well. But the big, the big one that we're keeping an eye out, uh, Mac Horton up against Sun Yang, the 1500 meter heats are on, uh, tomorrow there, Jared. So uh, a bit of splashing going on. Do you think how, how's Sun Yang going to react to old Mackie boy? Yeah, I think uh, precautions will have been taken and we'll probably have glass walls in between the lanes, um, because you just can't splash other people. That's not fair. No, especially in swimming. Like, that's unheard of. Mm. Um, golf obviously continues. There's some diving preliminaries, more badminton, and table tennis going on too. So uh, I haven't really seen any of the table tennis yet. I'm a bit disappointed. My my Channel 7 app still isn't working very well, so I've got to focus on some table tennis, Jared. Yeah, well, I mean, we're clearly we're favourites in the table tennis. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we've ever won a medal, but, um, I mean, that's a good track record to go on. If we've never won a medal, there's absolutely no pressure there. So. Um, <laughs> We've ever won we'll a match. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's, there's a trivia fact for you. Um, like, we'll be like Fiji in, in anything. Like, if we won a match in table tennis, national holiday tomorrow, <laughs> you know? Yeah, well, I mean, personal bests are going to be made um, in that match, no matter what happens. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, that about wraps us up for another day. As always, uh, Facebook, Off the Podium, find us there, Off the Podium Podcast, I should say. You can email us, iTunes, YouTube. Uh, special mention, I mentioned at the top of the show, in terms of uh, <laughs> recognising the ABC, I uh, get a phone call this morning from our local ABC studio here from a producer there. Uh, they're doing a segment on their on their afternoon show called Six Degrees of Separation from the Olympics. 
and uh, my name's still in their database from the Hobart 2020 Olympic bid, uh, to which they've also found out that I'm hosting a podcast. Clearly, as you can tell, off the podium, spreading throughout Hobart very well. I didn't even know what was happening. Um, so, yes, I managed to go into the studio today, talk about the Olympics, and uh, we got a plug on the ABC. So if anybody is listening to us from uh, the plug given to us today by Helen Shield on afternoons on 936 ABC Hobart, then welcome aboard. We hope that we've at least kept you on board for a couple more days until you realise that we're not that funny until Colin Hilding comes back on the show. So um, (laughs) there you go. Uh, But yes, Jared, always a pleasure. Uh, Keep an eye on that golf. And um, yeah, we'll we'll be back once again tomorrow for another uh, Off the Podium. Yeah, looking forward to discussing the um, Australian Chokers, also known as the um, whoever, whoever. We'll see who pulls a Campbell tomorrow, um, yes. and we'll talk more about that. Whoever pulls a Campbell, the team name will be renamed the Campbells. So uh, we're going to come up with some team names there. Whereas on the flip side of things, in the Canadian side of it, anyone who finishes in the top ten of the Alexiaks. So, um, yes. Big congratulations again, in all seriousness, to Canada, Penny Alexiak. She's won more medals than any Canadian athlete in one single Summer Olympics ever, and she's almost going to be the most successful Canadian in any Olympic Games ever, winter or summer, if she can win at least one or two more. So a great result there. And, um, yes, sadly, it wasn't a dream. New Zealand did win gold medal today, but um, drink lots of alcohol tonight, folks, and we can forget it ever happened, and hope that will be the only one they win for the Olympics. So we'll be back tomorrow here off the podium. Uh, hopefully we also didn't die like a pig today, but maybe we did. Who knows? Um, but, yes, keep up, and... And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thank you for your time and good night.